Hey, thank you for joining us today. I'm Chris Holgrimson, True Patriot Ministries. I'm glad to have you on board today for a very important message. Now, today we're going to cover the Holy Spirit, who is the third person, not the it, the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Now, like I said, I'm glad you're here with me. There's a couple of things I want you to hit on first, and, and that is most everybody, including ungodly people in the world, understand and know that somebody who's a born-again believer, they're redeemed, okay? They have repentance, they've repented, they've received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they've received adoption. So they, they hear these things, they know these things, um, even the ungodly know these things, but they don't know a lot about the Holy Spirit. The world does not understand the Holy Spirit, um, to them, it's some kind of mumbo jumbo and yeah, whatever. And, you know, people get off into some weird things and whatnot. And, and so they, they put the Holy Spirit over there with the weird nuances in this world that they don't understand and don't care to grow to understand. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. Let's talk about this. So I'm redeemed, right? So we've got, I'm redeemed and I'm adopted. So under redemption, if you go to Romans 10, verses 9 through 10, what you're going to find is that it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's pretty simple. Verse 10, it says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you believe in your heart, and with your mouth you confess. Glory to God. That's pretty simple, right? So I am adopted. In Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17, you're going to see it reads, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Now the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children, glory to God, then we're heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. That's so good. But again, redemption and adoption is not what we're here to talk about today. So let's move on to the next. We're here to talk about what's next. What are we missing? Well, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you receive the Holy Spirit in you, but you don't necessarily receive the Holy Spirit on you. And there are two different things. And we're going to go over a little bit of that today. So I'm excited about that. Let's look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And it reads, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you should be witnesses to me, me being Jesus, in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's pretty powerful. I want you to hear this again. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Not in you, but upon you. And you're going to receive power, dunamis. Glory to God. And that's what we desire. That's what we're missing. If you're looking for the missing link or anything like that, this is what you're looking for. You're looking for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. 
You're looking for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Okay. And we'll see in Acts 2, 2, some other stuff. And that's where the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you. All right. And, and what are you going to do? You're going to witness. So the Holy Spirit in us, he's got some titles, some names, some things we like to call him. That scripture, you can find scripture for these, the helper, the comforter, the teacher. This is the Holy Spirit in us. All right. He resides in us. He dwells in us. This is the gift that Jesus Christ gave us when he went to the to heaven and and sat next to God on the throne. He sent the comforter, the teacher, the uh, the helper to be with us. Right. So we're never alone. We are never alone. We have God in us in the form of the Holy Spirit. If you look at John chapter 14, and we're going to look at verse 16 and verse 26. Here's what it reads. And this is Jesus speaking. And he says, and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Verse 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name. (laughs) Glory to God. That's good. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. That's good. So there's he's, He brings to remembrance. We don't have to keep these things in us, right? Everybody talks about memorizing Scripture and these kinds of things. So there's been many a time when the Holy Spirit who is in me will come up in me and help me to bring a verse out. Even if I can't tell you what the verse, name, chapter, and verse is, I can recite the verse to you because it's in my heart. All right? And that's what he's not... He's not biased. He does this for everybody. Okay. He'll do it for anybody and everybody. It's a born again believer. He is the Holy Spirit in us. And he is the one that helps us to bring all things to remembrance that Jesus said. So in John chapter 15, again, verse 26, it reads, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will testify of me. So we know from this verse that he's the helper. Glory to God. He's the spirit of truth. He comes from the Father to us and he testifies of Jesus Christ. And in John chapter 16, verse 7, we see, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus speaking. For if I do not go away, The helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. Isn't that good? He's going to send us the helper, the comforter, the teacher. He's going to send us a memory. If you don't think of it another way, you know, he's going to bring to remembrance. I call that my memory. I'd rather have him as my memory than my memory. And so John chapter 16, verse 13 and through 15, excuse me. But when the spirit of truth comes, again, we see the spirit of truth. He will guide you into all truth. Okay. He's going to guide us into all truth. He will, for he will not speak on his own authority, but he will speak whatever he hears and he will tell you things that are to come. He will glorify me for he will receive from me. And will declare it to you. That's what he was talking about. For he will not speak on his own authority. 
verse 13, that relates right down to 14, he will receive from me and will declare it to you. Now in 15, he says, all that the father has is mine. God gave all that he had to Jesus. And he's declaring it right there. And then he goes on and he says, therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and will declare it to you. He's breaking it down for us right there. It makes it super simple. Glory to God. This is so good. Now, the Holy Spirit upon you. Let's delve into this just a little bit. This is good. So Acts 1.8, I read that earlier, but let me read it again. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That doesn't leave much wiggle room for where you're going to see the Word of God go, right? It's everywhere. Praise the Lord. Acts 2, verses 1 through 4. Now, here's some fun verses. I like this. 1, 8 and two through, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. These are some of my favorite verses because we, we are seeing the Holy Spirit moving. And I, I love the Holy Spirit. I love God. It, it's so good. I do. Um, so, verse 1. When the day of the Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, this is the 120 plus in the upper room. And yes, Mary was a part of this. Okay, Mary, the mother of Jesus, she was there. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Holy Spirit's not cheap. He's got enough to go around for everybody. He doesn't have to divide himself amongst everybody, but he can be fully in and on each and every one of us. Glory to God. That's so good. Now, verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as Spirit gave them utterance. So the Holy Spirit gave them utterance and they spoke in other tongues. So Acts 2, verse 38, it says, Then Peter said to them, now he's talking to the people who ridiculed these people for speaking in other tongues. They accused them of being drunk. And Peter says in 238, Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the Holy, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Excuse me. He's telling them, look, I got the instruction manual right here. I can get you to where they are. You don't need to make fun of them. You just need to join them. And so come and experience what we're experiencing. And you'll know that these men are not drunk on wine, as you suppose, glory to God. But they are drunk on the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good? That's so good. I so like that. Now, in Luke Chapter 4, verse 18, this is Jesus speaking. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Oh, glory to God. I'm getting excited about this. This is good. I hope you're getting fired up because this is good stuff. Acts 10, verse 38. 
It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Praise you, Lord. That's so good. So we see even Jesus, he had the Holy Spirit in him when he was baptized in the River Jordan. The Holy Spirit came in him, but not only that, it fell in the form of a dove upon him, and he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. So why would we not want the same that Jesus had? If we're going to do the works that he did, and even greater, then why would we not want the same tools he had? And that being the Holy Spirit in us and on us. Glory to God. Getting a little preachy here. Sorry, but I'm enjoying this. So the Holy Spirit in you, what's he do? He comforts you. He helps you. He teaches. He brings things to remembrance. And he does so many more things. The Holy Spirit on you, he's the anointing. If you look at Christ, the word Christ in the Greek, it can also be translated anointed. So Jesus Christ, Jesus the Anointed One, or Christ Jesus the Anointed Jesus. However you want to look at that, you can play with that word back and forth. It's the anointing. Okay, the Holy Spirit on you is the anointing. It empowers you. It empowers you to preach the good news. It empowers you to heal. It empowers you to deliver. Now, it also is a witness. Now, when you when uh, you come upon somebody who's performing miracles, who's getting people healed, who's restoring sight, right? Who uh, is giving prophetic words, word of wisdom, those kinds of things. When you come upon these things, when you come upon the works of the Holy Spirit in this world, they are a witness of Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about. And it's so good. It is a witness of Jesus Christ. Now, I will tell you this. The Holy Spirit on you, it requires faith in action. Okay? You can't steer a parked car. What's that mean? It means if you don't put it in drive, if you don't take action and put it in gear, let out the clutch, and move forward to where you're, you have some movement, you have some action, that car will not steer. If you're just sitting still, you're not going to turn that car anywhere. It's not going to move on its own volition. You have to take action and cause it to happen. The Holy Spirit on you is the same way. If you're going to do the works that the Holy Spirit puts on, puts on you to do, that He anoints you to do, you got to take action. You can't sit there and go, okay, Holy Spirit, it's all you. Even speaking in tongues, all right? It says that he will give you utterance. It doesn't mean that he's going to take over your vocal cords and your jawbone and your lips and make everything work together and cause you to speak in another language. What it means is that you're going to open your mouth. You're going to move your lips. You're going to use your vocal cords, but he gives you the utterance. So you still have to take action. That means you've got to put your faith on the line and you got to put it to work in order to get these things done. Glory to God. That's not a big requirement. 
right? I mean, yeah, sure. It can be a little embarrassing if you step out and, you know, maybe you missed it, whatever. But what about those times you don't miss it? What about those times you step out in faith and you take action and the Holy Spirit works in you, through you, by you, and a miracle happens, a healing happens, the blind see, people receive Christ. What about those times? Is it not worth the risk of putting your faith in action and stepping out? Glory to God, I think so. So I got a lot of material here, and, and let's see what we do with this, all right? So uh, R.G. Voigt, In the Complete and Perfect Salvation in Christ, great little booklet. Great booklet. I really enjoyed this. Uh, on page 92, Voigt states that the will of God for his children is that we be Christ-like. Okay, and on page 93, he says, God made provision for the renewing of my mind by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the reason Jesus Christ told his disciples, John chapter 16, 13 through 15. Go read that, and you'll understand why Jesus told his disciples that. Now, he also goes on to say, therefore, God gives us the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth, to create the mind of Christ within us, and to enable us to become that which God has made us in Christ Jesus. And he's quoting out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 through 16. He goes on to say that the wonderful things which God has prepared for us are not all in the future, but they are in the now. The Holy Spirit's right now. Do you know that? Right now. And it says, And the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals them to us and empowers us to receive them. Receiving is key, guys. If you don't put the work in, if you don't open the door and receive what he has for you, it's just not going to work in your life. This takes action, faith in action. Uh, in, in page 97 of his book, Paul points out that the problem with the unregenerate man is that his mind is filled with vanity or emptiness. His understanding of the true purpose of life is darkened. His ignorance of God's love and grace has alienated him from God. His sins no longer satisfy, but have degraded him, and he is morally bankrupt. Glory to God. I like that. The way he said that, it covers so many things, right? And now he's covering Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24 when he's talking there. And it's so good. Uh, Oral Roberts, the Holy Spirit in the Now, volume 1, uh, pages 31, 32. He says, within 24 hours after receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, it is evident that the disciples understood Jesus and had more supernatural power in their lives than they understood or had in all the three previous years. Within 24 hours of Pentecost. Glory to God. He says, first they received a new language of prayer and praise in which they could release their inner selves. Second, they understood the person of Christ, that he is not dead. He's alive and in the now, alive forevermore. Third, they understood that the Spirit would convict people of their sins. 
that if they would preach under the anointing of God, people would be convicted and would come to Christ. I've seen that happen. Glory to God, it's true. Fourth, they developed a holy boldness. This is what I like, which they had not before. And it says in parentheses here, remember, they fled at the death of Christ. Think about Peter and what he went through. Okay. And then when he receives the Holy Spirit, how he changed. He was fully convicted. Glory to God. Fourth, or excuse me, finally, they moved into a supernatural level that seemed almost completely foreign to them during the three years when Jesus' physical presence had been on earth. All right. So they, they moved into that supernatural level that Jesus was preparing them for. Now, Dr. Billy Wilson in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he says the Holy Spirit is seen as a gift and as something to be received. Again, reinforcing that you need to receive it, be received by the believer. And in John chapter 7, verses 38, 39, it says, and this is Jesus, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. I love that image. By this, he spoke of the spirit whom those who would believe in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. That's the reason when Jesus sent the disciples out, that he had to lay hands on them and empower them, give them the authority because he was still on the earth. He had not yet risen, and therefore they did not have the Holy Spirit in them. He had to put that anointing on them by the laying on of hands. Now, in John chapter 20, verse 22, again, it reads, When he had said this, he breathed on them, he being Jesus, and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. And that's what I'm talking about right there. So let's close with, well, let's, let's begin to wrap it up here. Okay. So the Holy Spirit in you, as you can see on this little chart that I have, you've got the teacher, the comforter. He's the helper. He is now, and it is a he, it's not a it. So anytime you see it referring to the Holy Spirit and the word of God, just scratch it right in he. Okay. He's the helper. He is now. He's current. He's never past tense. He's always right now. Glory to God. He helps us to develop the mind of Christ. And he helps to bring all things that Jesus taught to remembrance. Even if we weren't there, the Holy Spirit was there when Jesus taught it. And he can bring it to remembrance. He can teach us. Glory to God. Isn't that good? That's the Holy Spirit in us. Now let's talk about the Holy Spirit on us in the chart. You see, new language of prayer and praise, speaking in tongues. Okay, don't let it freak you out. It's a gift from God, okay? And it, it empowers so much through the Holy Spirit, and, and we need it, okay? So the new language of prayer and praise, and then there's the spirit of boldness. Peter was never as bold before the Holy Spirit came in and came on as he was after. Okay? He, when, when the Pharisees and, and the scribes, they saw Peter preaching and teaching afterwards and the things that he did, they knew that he had been with Jesus because they could see Jesus in him. 
in the form of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. So the Holy Spirit, he embold, excuse me, he empowers you, right? He anoints you. He causes witnesses to operate in and through you or by you in the form of miracles, healings, those kinds of things. It requires faith and action. So in conclusion, let's let's wrap this up. John 14, 16. I've had fun with this. I may go over just a minute or two. I apologize. Uh, John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever in you. Okay? Glory to God forever. He's not missing. He's not lacking. He's not yesterday. He's not past tense. He's not future tense. He's right now with you right now forever. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, when the baptism of the Holy Spirit takes place. Glory to God. And the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will receive power and you will be witnesses to Jesus Christ throughout this world. John 14, 12. Of course, I paraphrase that just a little bit. All right. John 14, 12. Now, this is in the NLT, and I like the way the NLT says this one. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. He gave us purpose in this world. He gave us a plan in this world. And then he gave us the Holy Spirit in us to teach us, guide us, help us, comfort us. And the Holy Spirit on us to empower us, to anoint us, to go and do the very works that he did. We know the works he did. All you have to do is open the Word of God. You can see the works that he did. Glory to God. And we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the same. So... I love you guys. It's been a blessed afternoon. I've enjoyed doing this. And uh, glory to God. Have a blessed day. We'll see you soon.